You're listening to the Homeschooling Families Podcast by Teach Them Diligently. Welcome! Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. On last Tuesday's podcast, I shared with you four tips for back-to-homeschool success. If you haven't listened to that yet, I encourage you to do so, for I promise that if you'll put those tips into action, you'll see great results from them quickly and throughout your homeschool year. That podcast is easily available through the TTD app or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. This week, we're building on those ideas as we get really practical again and get ourselves ready to go back to homeschool. I have seven new homeschool year resolutions for you this week, so grab your notebook or open a note within the TTD app while you listen. Taking notes during the podcasts or videos is a really cool feature of the app, so if you haven't downloaded it yet, now is a great time to do that. We're going to get to those new homeschool year resolutions really soon. Before we do though, I'm super excited to let you know that our Back to Homeschool virtual conference is open for registration. And this year's event is outstanding. With more than 35 speakers and more than 70 different workshops, plus a live Q&A time with David and me, the Back to Homeschool conference will help you strengthen your confidence in homeschooling, give you tips for homeschool family management, special needs education, and much more. Plus, provide lots of spiritual encouragement for mom and dad. You'll have access to workshops specifically designed to help you focus on your homeschool styles, creative homeschooling, special needs homeschooling, homeschooling high school, encouragement for homeschool families, and so much more. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash back to homeschool for more details and get your ticket now. This week, you can get lifetime access for only $25, so you don't want to delay. The workshops will publish beginning the week of August 8th through 12th, so get your ticket now. I want to especially thank our sponsors for the Back to Homeschool event. Trail Life, World Watch, Heritage Defense, Creating a Masterpiece, and Operation Christmas Child have partnered with us to bring you all this amazing content for only $25. These are all organizations which are intentional about serving families like yours, and we're truly grateful for their partnership and support. So go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash back to homeschool to check out that conference and get your ticket now while you can still get the early bird discount. If you've been encouraged or helped by the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note or leave us a review on Apple Podcast and share with others you know that could benefit from the topics we discuss here. It's our prayer that God uses these episodes to encourage and strengthen families all around the world. So we're always grateful for help in spreading the word. Now, it seemed like a good follow-up to the four tips I shared with you last week to talk about some new homeschool year's resolutions this week. So I wanted to share some of the things that the Lord had laid on my heart but I, I don't want you to think of these resolutions kind of in terms of, of commonplace things. These are things that I want you to think about as we approach this brand new 
crisp homeschool year that will make this all go better. Now, as we know, we homeschool moms and dads want to do things well. In fact, I would say that we want to do things perfectly. We know that the stakes are high. We know that the hearts of our children are at stake, as are their future and their lives. And so I want to just to talk about today seven things that I really do believe that if you think about these and keep these in the forefront of your mind, your homeschool year will be far more um, productive and peaceful than any that you've known before. So let's dive right into these and, and work some of these out and see where we go. Number one, number one, homeschool, new new homeschool year resolution, I got a little tongue-tied there, sorry, is this year I will remember that my primary call with my children is mom or dad. You know, homeschooling often threatens that calling, right? It's it's so easy to get bombarded with all of these different roles and bogged down with being teacher and chef and bus driver and moms or dads and wives or husbands and accountants and all of these things, all of these hats that we wear within our families, that we lose sight of the fact that first and foremost, we are parents to those children that God has given us. When we allow those roles to get out of order, and we focus so intently on the educational side and our teacher role and all of these things that go along with it, we really introduce a lot of friction and a lot of confusion um, into our family, and we make things a lot harder on ourselves than we have to be. So I want you to resolve this year. Write it on a piece of paper, keep it at your desk, whatever that you will never forget that your primary call with your children is mom or dad. You know, I, I think that we've all seen that the more frazzled, the more pulled in different directions, that mom especially, thats I can speak to that very clearly because I am one, but it works that way with dad as well. As mom or dad get more frazzled, more frustrated, more chaotic, that really trickles down to our kids. So if we are confused in our roles, if we are struggling to, to recognize what is most important, our children are going to feel that and they're going to react in kind. So you're going to have a lot more opportunity for there to be wedges within your relationship with your kids that you do not want to be there. And I would wager that you actually started homeschooling because of relationships with your children. You wanted that time to actually foster stronger relationships with your kids. So the reason that I'm throwing this out as our first resolution is, number one, because it's easy to forget, but number two, because a lot of the ones that we're going to have after this actually factor in or lead, kind of play into this and it this actually gives us kind of an umbrella for the rest of these to fall up under. So number one, remember that your primary call is mom or dad. Don't get that confused. Don't get that out of order. Make decisions based on that call first and then allow all the other roles that you play to fall up under that. Number two, resolution is this year I will stand in awe of the front row seat I have to watch God work in my children. You know, as 
as their mom and their teacher, I have gotten to see some amazing things that God is doing or was doing day in and day out with my kids. We got to see, or as homeschool teachers, we get to see the light bulbs come on. We get to see the excitement as they conquer new challenges or learn new things or or finally get concepts that they've struggled with so often. But I want to remind you that most of the time, growth is not pretty. Um, and it's always, always challenging. So as we're watching our children go grow, there's going to be moments of great inspiration. And it's going to be like a butterfly bursting forth from a cocoon. And we're going to be so proud and just standing in awe so much. But there's going to be a lot more moments, or there will be a lot more moments where it's painful, it's hard, and we're going to be tempted to fret or worry or compare where we think someone else is to where our children are. But I want to encourage you never, ever to do that. I want you to revel in what God is doing. Be grateful. Actually make a habit of thanking God for the work that he is doing day in and day out. David talks a lot about Thanksgiving. In fact, if you have not worked through his Thanksgiving journal, um, I'll leave a link. Go to transformjournals.com. Get it. Do it as a family devotion. Do it as a couple. Do it as an individual. This is a fantastic habit to to build in yourself. It will change, it will transform your life. I promise you that. But one of the things that I want you to apply that to is really thanking God for the work that he's doing in your children day in and day out. When my boys, I, I think about this a lot with my boys, when they were growing up, there were a lot of times that seemed very, very hard. They seemed very like there was a deep struggle there and my heart broke for them. I could see frustration. I could see um, angst. I could see where they were kind of lost, where they would like not even know who they were because growth is challenging. It's hard. And the Lord really reminded me, I, I spoke a second ago about a butterfly bursting forth, but with that butterfly, if it had not broken through the cocoon, if it had not gone through putting the pressure on those walls that were holding them down and strengthening their wings so that they could break it, their wings would never be strong enough to fly. And so those hard times that our kids go through, those difficult things that are going to be tempted to make us fret or worry that things aren't going well, are actually strengthening our children and giving them wings to fly. And I don't ever want you to lose sight of that. So stand in awe that you get a front row seat to see these things take place. You get to see them not only struggle and you get to love them through the struggles and be there to wrap your arms around around them and encourage them and tell them that they are not alone and to give them a solid foundation to stand on when the world seems so shaky around them. That's a great privilege that we have as parents. But beyond that, you're going to get to see when they finally do get to the other side of those struggles. And you're going to see as they blossom into the young men and women that God created them to be. And you, mom and dad, get a front row seat for that. That's why it's so important to remember that role that we talked about in Resolution 1. First and foremost, you are mom or you are dad so that you can love them through that you're going to be teaching them. You're going to be shepherding them. You're going to be doing all of these things along the way. But make sure that you are providing 
a stable relationship with them so that they can count on it and come to you during those challenging times so that together you can rejoice and thank God for the way that he is growing them and changing them and giving them victory over things that they struggle with. So number two, this year I will stand in awe of the front row seat that I have to watch God work in my children. Number three, our third resolution this year, I will be flexible this year. Now, whether you are a veteran or you are just getting started, you're going to find that in home education, things change almost every day. And I know we talk a lot about the fact that we love the flexibility of homeschooling, right? But most of the time when we're talking about that, we're talking about the fact that we can sleep in or we don't have to be at the bus stop at 6.30 or we don't have to even do school in the morning. We could do an upside down day. We can move things around. We have flexibility with our schedule. But what I want to encourage you is um, to really, really be flexible inside of your day here's why. It's it's a lot harder um, and it's a lot more necessary within the confines of a homeschool than a traditional brick and mortar school because you have children that are growing at different times and experiencing all these other things in their life. And it really can mess up your lesson plan sometime because remember, first and foremost, you are mom or dad. So if your focus is on discipleship and you really want to get to the heart of the matter with your children, you're going to find that you get off track. But the fact is that we need to be flexible to allow God to work. We've got to We've got that front row seat that we talked about in Resolution 2, but we've got to let God do what he's doing and see these changes as really reasons that we've just got to fall on our knees. So as things are changing, as we are you know, working through these challenges, we need to be flexible to let our children grow and change. We need to be willing to walk away from whatever is going on and have a heart-focused conversation. And then we need to make sure that we are staying on our knees before the throne of grace, recognizing that we need wisdom and power from on high in order to, to uh, handle all of the curveballs that we are being thrown at us day in and day out. You know, we with God's help, it's amazing how you can make modifications in your day, like on the fly. Um, there have been so many times when something would go off the rails and really I felt that it was supernatural because God would just kind of direct the way that we would spend the rest of our day. And I would look back with gratitude, recognizing that God had worked and I wasn't set up for it at all. I didn't expect it. I didn't see it coming. It wasn't written down in my lesson plan. And yet because I started my day on my knees asking God to direct my steps and I was willing to walk away from my lesson plans to to follow what I felt like he was he was kind of making obvious as a, you know a direction we needed to go he did an awful lot of things 
So we find that as we are flexible, that we are able to grow a lot more with our children and we're able to see their growth, like we talked about in, in number two, we're able to see their growth a lot more. Those detours, those moments that aren't scripted, they aren't expected, often give us so much insight into the heart of our children that um, that's really where those deep relationships that we all long for are built. So flexibility is king. Those who are who are much more type A, they really, really need the order, really need the structure. I want to encourage you especially to, to recognize that sometimes God's structure looks different than the structure that you had planned, but it's never outside of his plan for your kids. There, there is a lot that can be done. There are many lessons that can be learned. There is a lot of academic and character achievement that can be attained by being flexible and taking those detours, doing things in a way that we would have never expected when we woke up. For those of you who are like the opposite of type A, you're far too loosey-goosey. Flexibility is super easy for you. You need to recognize as well that you've got to have some kind of structure built in order for flexibility to come in. If you're just flexible all the time, you may not be making much progress. Um, So you may be kind of blinding or... or, um, Kind of holding back some of that progress or some of those those the way that God wants to work in your children because there's not any structure there. So that's just kind of an, an aside there in um, making sure that you're flexible, that you are paying attention. You're keeping your primary role primary. So number one, your mom or dad. Number two, you're watching God work. So number three, you've got to be flexible in order to allow that to happen. Resolution number four, this year, I will listen to their ideas. Hmm. This is actually a perfect follow-up to our flexible resolution because sometimes those of us that like things done our way or like things done in a super orderly way have a hard time implementing things that aren't ours. And you're going to find that as your children are growing and changing and we're teaching them to become the young men and women that God created them to be, that we need to give them the freedom to share with us their ideas and then implement them into our homeschool day. I promise you that if we're flexible and humble enough to listen to them, that they will notice when we implement their ideas. I saw that over and over again. You know, we talk a lot around convention time and so on, about engaging our children in picking curriculum and stuff like that. And that's a that's a great idea. But I'm talking now about more than that. Talk to your kids about how they think their day should be set up, especially as they're getting older. Um, you know, when you have really sincere conversations with your children, you know, upper elementary, middle school, so on. And you ask them strategic questions to find out what's going on in them and let them know that you want to set them up for success. You may find that the way that they're hardwired doesn't work well within the confines of how you are hardwired. And so it's it's good to make some modifications to your homeschool day, maybe moving specific subjects around to, to allow them to be able to think more clearly on those more difficult subjects. Or maybe they just really 
are at a growth time and they need more sleep. And so listening to them about when they need to get up, when they go go to bed, that kind of thing. Now, understand I'm not I'm not making them parent. However, I am encor- encouraging you to spend some time seeking their thoughts and their ideas. One thing that David and I always tried to do at the beginning of a homeschool year and then periodically through the year we would kind of have checkpoints, how's it going, that kind of thing was we would sit down and have a planning meeting with our kids. What kind of things, if you could have anything this homeschool year, how would it look? What would we do? And we had some, you know, ridiculous conversations about installing trampoline floors and stuff like that because they are kids and, you know, they they do try to be funny. But we got a lot of great insight from them that once we implemented those things, they did much better. Um, So I encourage you to listen to their ideas and being willing to implement those things and then cheer for them. When you implement something and you can really see how it's benefiting them, let them know that. That is a great way to encourage independence and to encourage them to problem solve and to think through things. This is part of of actually growing our kids to be mature, independent young men and women one day uh, with a solid foundation on which to stand. So that's number four, listening to their ideas. Number five really could have been number one, um, could have been much higher than this, but resolution number five is I will give my my marriage the attention it deserves. Now you hear me talk about this all the time. David and I are always very saddened and grieved deeply as we hear about good Christian, seemingly solid homeschool marriages that are really faltering and they are falling apart all around us. And a lot of times that happens because we are so engaged and so involved with our children that we lose sight of where we got them. And so I want to encourage you to prioritize your marriage, prioritize dates, prioritize, you know, retreats, whatever you can do to let your spouse know how important they are to you, how much you love them, how much you care, to spend time talking and planning and dreaming with them. Because as one who has three in college, very, very close to launching completely, I'll tell you, that time goes by really, really quickly, and you are going to find yourself back with that guy or that gal that you started with. So spend the time investing in your marriage. I encourage you, like I said, have dates, regular date nights. There's a lot of ways to accomplish this. Maybe you uh, have family nearby that can keep your kids if they're younger. If not, combine forces with some other young families in your church and just take turns. That works great because then one family gets to keep the kids and the other family or the other couple gets to go out and you just keep switching around. It's a really fun time. The kids get a play. It works out great. Look for babysitters in your co-op or in your church that could come over and watch your kids. I promise you they'll be okay for a few hours without you. And you and your spouse need that time to reconnect and to dream and to just be adults. So make sure that you are giving your marriage the attention it deserves. Within 365, we talk an awful lot about marriage. We actually talk about um, how to keep your marriage passionate and to keep it 
um, alive and vibrant. And those things are really important because God created marriage to be where all of that lives. So I, I want to really, really urge you to invest in all of those things, in the conversations, in the fun, in the flirting, in the, in the enjoyment of one another, everything that comes along with being married invest in that. Do not neglect that relationship because once you allow a wedge to get in that relationship, it's really, really hard to put it solidly back together again. And so number five resolution is giving your marriage the attention that it deserves. Um, I'm going to link with this podcast in the show notes. Uh, I wrote a praying for your marriage uh, email series. So you there's you know, printable and Bible verses and so on. The way that it works is every day for 35 days or so, you get a verse to pray for your spouse and a little paragraph or two of how that can work out in your day, how you can work towards that prayer, work with the Lord in that prayer. And I've heard a lot of people, or I've talked to a lot of people whose first thought is that this is all about changing your spouse. You know, if I pray for him this way, he's going to get it right. But really what you're going to find is as you're praying for your spouse, the Lord shines a light on a lot of things personally that you need to change, even as he is changing your spouse. But the result of it is that you both get closer to him and you both get closer to each other. And it is a wonderful thing. So um, go to the show notes and download the Praying for Your Marriage uh, email series so that you can go through that and strategically start praying for your spouse and then look for ways to act that out. I promise you it will strengthen your marriage. It will make your life more enjoyable. It will give peace to your home and your children because they can sense if there's any divide between mom and dad and um, make that a priority this year. Number six is this year, I will not be ruled by my curriculum. Uh, This is honestly another follow-up to flexibility because remember that our curriculum is designed to be a help for us. It's not intended to be a noose around our neck. So if you're in a situation where your curriculum is is really being a problem for you know your first resolution that you are mom first or your second resolution that you are being flexible or that you're listening to your kids if curriculum is providing a wedge there then i encourage you to look at it either look at changing it up if it's just really bad or probably more likely look at how you're using that curriculum um, and and make some adaptations to the way that you're approaching that subject or that curriculum to make it fit for your family much better. You're going to find that, especially as your children are younger, that doing as many classes as you can together is a great help for your family. Um, it's a great help for relationships. It's a great help for conversations. It's a huge time saver. And it removes an awful lot of the frustration of trying to jump and do, you know, five or six different subjects with four or five different kids. So just make sure that that you are you are looking at your curriculum as what it is, a tool for the mission of homeschooling your children for their hearts, which is why I think all Teach Them Diligently families should be doing it. We are 
homeschooling our children to shepherd their hearts to help them know and love Jesus and love people in his name and then to educate them well so that we can prepare them to walk through whatever door God opens for them in the days ahead. But preparing them well doesn't always mean being or never means being ruled by curriculum. A lot of times that's where that flexibility, that listening to them, hearing what's in their heart, following their passions, helping them take their strengths and make them stronger as we are able to give them opportunities to serve and lead and be the young men and women that God's called them to be. So do not, under any circumstances, allow your curriculum to be the ruling, dominating force in your homeschool this year. Keep in mind what's most important, which is their hearts and the conversations and the relationships that you can have with them. And recognize, as I talk about in um, heart school, when we talk about the difference between homeschool subjects and academics, a lot of the homeschool subjects may not be in a textbook, but they are going to enhance everything that is in that textbook. So if you're in heart school, or if you go back and listen to that episode or that lesson again, if not, um, I encourage you to get in heart school. I really do believe it would be a great help to you. Um, So we have been through six of our resolutions so far. Number one, remember that your primary call with your children is mom or dad. Number two, stand in awe of the front row seat that you have to watch God work in your children. Number three, resolve to be flexible this year. Number four, listen to their ideas. Number five, give your marriage the attention it deserves. Number six, don't be ruled by your curriculum. And number seven, and this is a a really big deal, and it's one that I think homeschool moms actually, I think all all of us are kind of reticent to do. The number seven resolution is this year I will seek help when I need it. The Bible tells us that we are to bear one another's burdens. Galatians makes that very, very clear. Yet a lot of times in our families, we, we're not really willing to allow people to see that we need help. It's, it's like we're weak or, you know, there's, there's a, a facade. A, 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 we, we try to keep up airs that everything is going well because we look at Instagram and it looks like their life is so great. Or we look at Facebook and, you know, it looks like their life is so great. And so we don't speak up when we truly need help. And I just want to encourage you to not do that this year, to raise your hand when you need help. None of us were created to walk alone. We were created to walk in community with one another. Titus talks about the older women helping the younger women and mentoring them and and, and investing in them. And it's so important that we recognize our need there. Teach Them Diligently 365 is specifically designed to fit that need. We have discussion groups, we have meetups, we have Bible studies and book studies and small groups and office hours and all of these different ways to connect and just share your burdens and get encouragement 24-7 it's available. And so I want to encourage you, if it's not in 365, connect within your local homeschool group. If there's nobody doing it there, start something. Get a group of women or or guys. I know guys, guys do things differently than us girls do. So I'm just going to talk to us for a second here. Do things in a way that, or set up something where you can get together with other like-minded 
homeschooling moms who are in the trenches with you, who can encourage and help you, you can share ideas with, you will not feel alone that way. Um, we've all seen the illustrations of the the animal that's separated from the pack that's the one that gets attacked by the, the roaring lion. And that's what Satan would love to do with us. He would love to separate us from the security of the pack, of the thousands and thousands of people who are willing and ready to be there for you. You do not need to, to walk alone. So as you find yourself needing help, and I promise you will, you're going to need help in some area of your life because we all do. Not one of us has arrived. Not one of us is perfect. Raise your hand. Find your people. Find your tribe and get connected. I have been so grateful for the families that God has brought to teach them diligently and the connections that God has made that way. Um, I literally just saw um, a woman on post on Facebook, I guess two or three days ago, about the friendships that she has made within uh, the Teach Them Diligently community and how even though they're spread a little bit, they have become some of her closest, most trusted companions because she was at a stage of life where it was really hard to go out and do things with other people. Um, and so these ladies were right there because they were in the same stages of life and they were encouraging one another. God brings in older moms who are able to use our experience and encourage you so that you can get through those valleys that you'll find yourself in. We can give insight because we've been there. Find help and connect with it. We are told to bear one another's burdens and we really truly do ourselves and our communities a great disservice when we don't raise our hands and ask for help when we need it. So that is our seventh resolution. So real quick, let's listen to these again. Number one, Remember that your primary call with your children is mom or dad. Don't ever lose sight of the fact that you are parent first. And as a parent, you're called to teach your children diligently and go for their hearts. So don't let any of these academic pursuits stand in the way of your doing that. Number two, stand in awe of the front row seat that you have to watch God work in your children. Number three, be flexible this year. Resolve that you are not going to allow your plan to get in the way of what God is doing. Number four, listen to your kids' ideas. Engage them in the process. Encourage them as they come up with things. And then as you implement them and they start to work, really, really encourage what they have done. This is building confidence and helping them become the men and women that God created them to be. Number five, give your marriage the attention it deserves. So, so important. Number six, don't be ruled by your curriculum. And number seven, seek help when you need it. And I promise that if you will resolve to do those seven things, that you will find that this homeschool year goes much smoother, that you have a lot more comfort and confidence in what you're doing, that there's a lot less friction in your home, and that you will get to the end of it and you will just stand in awe and overflow with gratitude at all the many ways that God has worked and grown you and your children alike through this year. Have a great rest of your day. I hope that you will take advantage of the Back to Homeschool Conference. It'll be a great jumpstart to your homeschool year. So go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash back to homeschool to get your ticket now. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. 
So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.